Hey, this is Danny Heifetz. We are doing a mailbag episode this week. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com for anything you want us to read on the show. Ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Football show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. And week 17 is here and done, except for Monday Night Football. Your fantasy championships have probably, mostly, definitely, probably been decided. Fantasy football season, kind of over. That's incredible. Wow. Weird. Did, how'd you guys do? Uh, did pretty well. I'm getting, I'm 30 points ahead in one championship right now. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Uh, I am not going to win my other championship right now either. And um, yeah, so hopefully get that one. I am in three leagues. I'm in the championship in one. That league is the ringer league. It is me and Kalen Jones are going up against one another. It is going to actually come down to Monday night. So I will have to check back in. It's very close. The projections right now, it's like 52 to 48%. So it's a coin flip. We'll see. (laughs) Shameless plug. If you're listening to this on Monday, I'm doing a green room after Monday football Steelers Browns with Ryan Shazier. Check that on green room. I'll be tweeting it out. Also shameless, we are not done just because the fantasy football season is done. We are coming to you through the entire playoffs, the offseason, everything. Craig, hit him with the schedule. Uh, Yeah, so we'll be continuing with our Sunday awards. That's not going away through the real NFL playoffs. And in the middle of the week, we will be coming to you on Thursdays. Just two shows a week, Sundays and Thursdays. Thursdays, we're introducing a new segment. uh, Much, actually, it is the opposite, really, of our Shark Tank bets, which we would recommend... Uh, ways for you to make money, earn a little capital on the weekend's games. What we're introducing is the worst bets of the week, <laughs> which we will be running through the playoffs. So listen, if you want to make money, go to Warren Sharp show. But if you want to have a good time, come up with us. <laughs> we're going to try to find the funniest things you can bet on. Yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. For right now, though, let's get to awards. It's, I mean, the fantasy championships, this is incredible. And there's really only one place to start, which is the Shiva Destroyer of Worlds Award. And we're giving that to Jamar Chase because he is he, deaf. You, he went off today. Uh, I was just looking at the overall like leaderboard for this week. He has 20 more points than the, than the number two person. How many more? <laughs> 20. He, he scored 55.6 in PBR. That's more than 20 more than the number two person. Jamar Chase had 111 <laughs> yards in the first half, and then he had 155 yards in the second half. Sheesh. I have him in one of my finals. It was the most joyous I've ever felt watching fantasy football like really since I was a child, since I was a wee, a wee lad. 
We have back-to-back years now of a player putting up 50-plus to ruin your fantasy championship. Last year, it was Alvin Kamara on Christmas Day, put up 56, and now we have Jamar Chase putting up 50 damn points. To be clear. Unbelievable day. Again, the 155 in the second half is more than any player had today in a whole game, including Devontae Adams. 111 in the first half is more than every receiver except three people. So there are so many numbers I have in Jamar Chase. Again, can I just go through a list of all the things Jamar Chase did today? Let's celebrate Jamar Chase. 266 yards is the most receiving yards in a game by a rookie in NFL history. Ever. It is the also the most receiving yards in a game in Bengals history. They had Chad Johnson and AJ Green. He's already set the franchise record for yards in a game for the Bengals. He is 12 yards shy of the Bengals single, single season receiving record. Wow. 12. He is like AJ Green who was the fourth pick in the draft, Bengals legend. Jamar Chase has already surpassed any season A.J. Green ever had by receiving yards. He's 21 years old. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, I think it's really cool to see the way that the Bengals have like built their offense. Because obviously there was a lot of question marks coming into the year. Are they going to take Penny Sewell, the tackle? Is that how you build an offense? Are you going to take a guy like Jace who comes in with this ready-made chemistry with Joe Burrow, who, by the way, has been going absolutely nuclear the last couple of weeks, too. Um, so, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun to see. Obviously, there's a many, there's different ways to build an offense, and uh, it's just cool to see that the Bengals actually, the, the things that they're doing are working. Jamar this Chase team is, has moxie, though. They're, like, fun to watch. They have, yeah. they, they have gall. Like, like th- that third and 27, they're at midfield. There's, like, a few minutes left. Tie game. Third and 27, what would you do, right? What, what you do is, you're like, oh, I will throw a screen, get 10 yards, Settle for fourth and 17, kick a field goal, we'll go up. No, they threw a go route. 30-yard completion to Jamar Chase on third and 27. Passed up the field goal opportunity, and then they just went for it. That's what it, It's crazy what they do. They had that whole sequence down when they went for it on fourth and one, which was probably crazy, but like they're aggressive. They're not afraid of anybody. Burrow is like a stone-cold killer. I just I cannot say enough about this team. I thought it was so impressive. I also have to throw out a couple more stats, though. Go ahead. Jamar Chase, 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns. The only other player who's ever done that at 21 years old is Randy Moss. Not bad. And then also, BTW, he has the most receiving yards ever for a rookie in a season. Yeah, he's already beaten Justin Jefferson. So, Who and he has one game college? left. He has one game left, too, technically. Yeah, I but mean, I like that he broke know. the record before in the 16 game, games. which is fake. Right. It's totally. not a real record. Like, if Cooper Cup breaks some record next week, it's not really like him breaking the record. This is really breaking <laughs> the record. He's, it's the best rookie season ever. Yeah. And, Hyvitz, you know what's nice about Chase? We talked about this on Green, Green Room a little bit, but you wrote that piece a little bit ago about, about nature versus nurture and how it's where you get drafted that matters almost more than, than uh, when you get drafted. And Jamar has really landed in the perfect place. Not only does he have his college quarterback, but he has a lot of talent around him, right? Like, he's got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. All these guys are... Under 25, maybe Joe Mixon's 26. There's just a really strong core. They have a young coach. And I think it's going to be really easy for the Bengals to be one of the premier offenses in the league for like at least the next five years. And for Chase, one, he's not going to be getting double teamed every single time because Higgins, who had 200 yards and three touchdowns last week, is opposite him. Tyler Boyd's a strong slot receiver. There's just like a lot of good going on with Cincinnati. Can you imagine if they took Penny Sewell? (laughs) <laughs> It'd be interesting. It would be very interesting. I still can't believe that LSU had Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson in the same team. And then and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And Clyde. Their two receivers and went Terrace on the best Marshall. two rookie I mean, receiving yards ever. Shit. They were so I good. I know. 
We're getting really spoiled by rookie wide receivers, by the way. Like, we can't just keep expecting this. Yeah, the last few years. I can't get over, like, Jamar Chase being a 99th percentile receiver prospect and then actually that being low because he's the 100th percentile (laughs) receiver prospect. That's crazy. I also have to shout out Joe Burrow, though. 971 passing yards over the last two games, which is three yards shy of the most ever in a two-game span. Really? Who had the most? Dak last year, but like oh, the Cowboys yeah. lost oh, those games. That makes sense. Like the Bengals are two and zero in these games. Yeah, they just beat Mahomes. I am so impressed by this team. Also, Burrow's the first player in NFL history with back-to-back games with four hundred yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. What would your guys' like locker room celebratory move be? Like Burrow's a cigar guy. He is a cigar. What are guy. you doing? Are you like cracking a Coors <laughs> Light? Are you smoking? Yeah, yeah. Are you doing like you champagne? What are you doing? Goggles? What's up? Recreating that picture and and God, I'm terrible at NFL history. Uh, remind me who the guy is that's drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette in the locker Joe room. Namath. Like, yeah, no, I don't think it was Joe. Namath. Well, maybe it was, but um, I'd probably be like that. I'd probably be you know shotgunning a beer or something like that. Um, <laughs> you go shotgun. You know what I really like about Burrow and just the the Bengals in general is like they do what. Fans would do like if they were the coach of a team. Well, actually, they haven't done that the whole season. I, I should like stipulate this. They've done it the last two games where it's like we've got the best receivers. We're get, our receivers are better than your uh, your corners. We're just gonna throw it downfield and let them do the work. Like that's what Burrow's basically done. He's like, and, and I think he said this after the game. He's like, "F it, Jamar Chase is down there somewhere. Like throw it up." And he just like trusts his receivers to win down the sideline, win at the catch point, separate late. Like, it's not like either of these guys are necessarily wide open when he's throwing these passes. They're well guarded. It's just at the end, like at the very end, right when the ball is arriving, they have these really great moves to like subtly create separation, win at the catch point. Both T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are really good at this. And um, there's a little bit, it's reminiscent of like Russell Wilson, the moon ball thing where he's just like, he's throwing the ball up and let his receivers like catch it and, and create these big explosive plays. It was such a problem for Joe Burrow last year. Last year, he was terrible on deep passing. Uh, this year, he's like, I'd say easily the best deep passer in the NFL. I, I haven't looked at the uh, stats lately, but I think he's like, if not the best, like one of the best deep ball passers in the NFL. Also, just like the team, I don't know. They, it just feels like they've immediately adopted his personality, which doesn't always yeah, happen, yeah. even if players are really good. Like Russell Wilson, even Kyler Murray, like there's guys who just don't give off that kind of X-factor quality. Joe Burrow immediately has it. And the t- I, don't, I mean, like, I remember when, like, Cam Newton had that awesome rookie year. It just felt like, like, yes. that was his team, right? This feels the exact same way. I know he's, a, he's not a rookie, but uh, much more than, like, Justin Herbert kind of is a little bit more under the radar. Like, Burrow's just, like, got something yeah. that, uh, yeah, I think is going to, you know, go it, on forever. By the way, the, picture, the, the, smoking, the smoking quarterback was Len Dawson back in the day for the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Right. And I think Burrow, like, he definitely has, like, that. I guess, like, I don't know. What BDE? Personality. Ethos. BDE. <laughs> you know what, though? BDE. I'm sick of BDE. I don't, I don't want to give him BDE. Let's, well, no, he's unflappable. And that's what's impressive about it. Kyler Murray can be flapped. I think some of the younger quarterbacks can be <laughs> flapped. Joe Burrow is, com- like, like, I think if he had an Apple Watch during these games and you could check his pulse, I don't think it changes at any point. Yeah, he's, he's like Joe Montana-ish, you know? Like, oh, is that John Candy in the crowd? Like, that is kind of who Burrow is. <laughs> also, it's such a metaphor That's a great when his story. nameplate got ripped off, and it's like, doesn't matter about the name on the back, it's about the name on the front. Do you see that? Like, his <laughs> yeah, name was yeah. actually ripped in the shirt. I, I could not say enough about Burrow. Uh, also, don't you think, we talked about this on Green Room as well, which everybody should be listening to if you want the content early, come to Green Room. But 
it really feels like, you know, all of us growing up, at least for Heifetz and I, Danny, you might have had slightly different quarterbacks, but pretty much the same because these guys played for so long. Breeze, Brady, Manning, Rodgers. Yeah. It's been like this core group of guys. You could throw Roethlisberger, Eli, if you want in there. Rivers, who have always been like the elites. They've been there for like 10 years. It feels like we officially have a new core five. Like passing right? of the torch. It does. Yes. It feels like that, yeah. And, and Burrow, I gotta be honest, Herbert, Burrow, Kyler, if Ro- Dak. If Rodgers to Devontae Adams is like the connection of right now, Burrow to Jamar Chase does feel like it can be that. And I know I don't want to be hyperbolic and live in the moment, but they literally went undefeated and won a national championship in college like two years ago. And Joe Burrow just threw for more yards than he ever threw in college last week against an NFL team. Jamar Chase just had more receiving yards in an NFL game than he ever had in college. Like, this is insane stuff. So you guys know that. So uh, Burrow has thrown, I think, 26 touchdown passes to Jamar Chase. The average distance of those touchdown passes is 35 yards. Can I ask you guys a serious question? Do you think you could throw a touchdown pass to Jamar Chase? <laughs> Just like, yeah, let's say it's like the goal line. Could you throw a fade to Jamar Chase if you got four downs and he's in single coverage? Could you throw a touchdown pass to him? Just How no practice. No practice. Like, I just walk in and shotgun, and they snap it to me, and they just say, throw it to Jamar. He's running a fade. No, you get like an hour before the game. Not oh, only you get an hour 100%. before the game. 100%. Yeah. How hard could it be? It looks really easy. I think it'd be I pretty do. hard. I don't think I could. <laughs> do you think <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's... Uh, I, I was going to say, let's just skip the LSU thing for now. I think we're going to be look, talking about how this these guys played together in college for like the rest of our lives, so... Let's I would say anyway. the biggest, so the, I mean, they're the future, you know, Montana to Rice besides Herbert and Mike Williams, right? I mean, I think we got to, we have to acknowledge. I wanted literally Higgins crickets. had a pretty goddamn good game last week. Like Higgins is not no, chopped liver here. It's the group. It's this trio is incredible. T. Yeah. Higgins, That's what I'm Boyd. Saying. <laughs> Williams, right. <laughs> I want Mike to literally insert crickets. Like the sound of crickets after. Mike, do not that do Mike that. Williams. Mike, please do that. Mike, let's see <laughs> no. who has more authority right now, me or you. Hey, Mike, he'll probably do it crickets. because it's funnier. Always go. Okay, let's joke, go man. next. There for Craig a bone. Yes, uh, this award is titled the Rashad Penny Memorial. Never wrong, only early award, <laughs> and it goes to goddamn Rashad Penny. I have been <laughs> waiting for this years, years in the waiting. For Shout years. out everyone who's listened to this podcast for four years, who this has come full circle for. I've always known this would happen in my soul. <laughs> and it finally has. And for those also, who don't know, I think okay, Rashad Penny was the first time I ever yelled at DK or like raised my voice. I was like, why are you guys like... What was I saying? I don't even remember this. I don't know, but between Craig at San Diego State and then DK at Seahawks, I felt like I have been in a Rashad Penny bubble world. And like yeah. I have been... See, Do you know that he's literally the number one running back over the last month? Yep. I've, number one running back today and in December. Talk about a penny stock. Wow. But, um, oh, God, that, that was crickets. Bad. Fire in the crickets. More crickets. But all there, of this yeah. was exacerbated by my morning in which I had a really, really <laughs> heated debate with the two of you, with myself, about whether to start Damien Harris or Rashad Penny in my in the Ringer Championship. And I decided to go with Rashad Penny, go down with the ship as a as an honorable captain does. And Damien Harris immediately, I think in the first quarter, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns yeah. immediately. Yeah. I am just deflated. And then Rashad Penny, baby. Saves came back, day. came roaring back. Yes. Okay, I saw this. He had 170 yards rushing, which is, uh, I believe, the second most of any Seahawk during the Pete Carroll era. Wow. Um, 
And this is like, of course, an era that loves to establish the run. Yeah, Marshawn so, Lynch. And, yeah. Like you have like Lynch, Carson, you know, all those guys. So, um, you know, the fact that he did this now after having so many injuries and having so many setbacks, uh, basically everyone roasting the Seahawks for years for picking this guy in the first round. Like I've just been absolutely depressed at times thinking about the fact that the Seahawks chose Penny over Chubb in that draft. Um and it's been it's been really enjoyable, honestly, to watch him run the the other the last you know few weeks. Obviously, there's a huge caveat that like he has to stay healthy. He has to like prove that this is not just a flash in the pan. All that stuff applies. He's going to be an un, unrestricted free agent pretty soon here, so he might not even stick with the Seahawks. Well, but. isn't this the worst thing that could have happened for you that he runs just well enough in the last month of his entire rookie contract that convinces Pete Carroll to re-sign him to some massive contract <laughs> and then immediately goes back to being bad? And he's not going to get signed look, to a massive. He's not going to get a big contract. It's the Seahawks. He, he, he just won't. Like, not even Chris Carson got a good contract. You know, DK, don't you think they'll just give him like of, one year, four million? It's. I would probably guess it's going to be a one year prove it deal. Yeah. Um, and or just like that, I don't know, you say you don't believe in Rashad Penny. Am I getting that on record? Oh, I do. You don't. I mean, you know, I do. He's here's good. here's Listen. what I'm going to say about Penny is I've been very impressed with how he's looked the last like few weeks or how how however many weeks he's been doing this like. He's looked really explosive. He's got that um, big playability that like Chris Carson just straight up does not have. Like Chris Carson gets caught from behind. He's a very physical thumper, break tackles type guy. Good in the passing game, but I think I've I don't have the stats in front of me, but like he has like a, a few like runs of twenty plus yards into Seahawks career. Like it's like he just doesn't create big runs. Penny, meanwhile, has like the like highest breakaway run rate in the NFL right now since he since he's been healthy, um, creating all these chunk plays. And uh, I said this on the green room, but I'm and I'm gonna say it here. And I'm not comparing him to Debo Samuel as a talent or as like a fantasy player, but like he reminds me stylistically of Debo in the in the way that he's like a thick guy, like big <laughs> thick guy that has like really quick explosive feet, and he like is faster than you think he would be. Yeah, he's like like kind of like. Fat, thicker Kyler Murray as a running back. Yes, exactly. It's just like, how are <laughs> fat, his feet so fast? thicker Kyler Murray. <laughs> Did I just hear that? Like somebody should be playing like a little yakety sack horns as he runs. It's like, nah, nah, yeah, nah, nah, like, nah, nah, nah. But so he's, fast. he's just rumbling, tumbling forward, but he's quick and elusive. Plus, he's yeah. got the fifth greatest college rushing season of all time. Yeah. By the way. He, I believe, Craig, you can confirm this. He was a really good kick returner in college, too, which is also Yes, he like, had like eight return touchdowns in that big year in 2017. When I he, mean, that to me just is like, look, we've made fun of this pick for for years. I'm going to finally celebrate that it, it, it's actually like paying off. Like the, the kick return stuff, like that dynamism, the ability to dynamism. create explosive plays, uh, you know, loot tackles, all that stuff. Like it's it's showing up and it's like awesome that he's that he's finally healthy. So Dynamism. I really just really really hope he can stay healthy. <laughs> we, so, we can have yeah. you can admit he's good. He's not bad. He is good. He's good. I, I just said, haven't heard dynamism used in a sentence in like twelve years. I don't know. What, what are you talking about? Been? Dynamic. People say dynamism all the time. I don't dynamic. Know. What are you I don't know who says dynamism. About? I don't. Know. That's the You're band dinosaur. he's going to say problem. at the end of the episode. Dynamism. Okay. The real DB, we buried the lead here. We buried the lead here. We've been doing a DB Cooper award for the player who disappeared for like the whole season. A player literally disappeared today. Antonio Brown jumped out of the plane. The freaking team. He jumped off the plane. It's like the opposite of D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper stole the money and left. Antonio Brown left like a million dollars in incentives on the table. (laughs) I mean, everyone listening, I imagine, has seen this video or heard of this by now. Took off his jersey, left, waved. It's going to be a meme. You all have seen this. I have so many questions immediately in the moment. Do you? Forget, Forget like what happened because, I mean, he's off his rocker. 
the where did he go after the like 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 this is the Meadowlands? Like if you've never been to the Giant Stadium, it's not like the Titans in Nashville or something. The stadium is very far from New York City. It's in the middle of Jersey. You can't just leave. It's what about in the Newark? Of nowhere. What about so Newark? Like, what? But Newark Airport, isn't that close? Yeah, close-ish, but like he can't walk. So I'm like, did he leave the stadium? <laughs> and I'm I'm frantically trying to figure out, like, did he call an Uber? I what think did he, he did. Do? So I found out, I found yeah. out what he did. He there was a driver. He called the driver. It is like Odell Beckham driver, Saquon's driver. His name's Danny Chalet. He has an Instagram. Danny Boy Hustles Hard. <laughs> and this guy personally picked him up and they're taking like Instagram selfies. And this guy's Instagram, Danny Boy Hustle Hard, is an incredible journey. I highly recommend it. Danny Boy Hustle Hard. Danny Chalet? That's his real name? Yes. He, he missed an opportunity to go by like Chalet, Chalet's Valet, something like that. I thought this was big for us as a, as a Danny-centric <laughs> podcast. Craig's, Craig's anyway. a branding genius, by the way. Yeah, right. I, I got very... So what does he do here? So does he buy the, the earliest first-class ticket back to Florida and just go home? No one's what does he do? No I, one's signing him. At the great risk of like getting into... To be serious for a moment, like good riddance and... The Bucks cut him immediately and good because honestly, the Bucks like got stung by the scorpion and they're like annoyed the scorpion bit them. Like, you, you know, they, they knew what they were getting. They know what they were dealing with and uh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I at the know. end of it all, you're correct. Good riddance. But it's also just an incredibly bizarre story. I mean, there's been other guys who have, you know, Vontae Davis retired at halftime, but for very different reasons. Antonio Brown left as the Bucks were like walking onto the field to like get ready to so cuddle up and call first, play. Because the video came out, right? And so we're seeing this and we're like, oh, something must have happened at halftime. And he didn't have his pads on. So I'm like, what happened here? Did he like get ruled out medically for the game and he's mad about it? And then you see this video that's like, oh, he went out dressed and then took his pads off. And Mike Evans is like, dude, put your put your put it down, put your clothes back on. And he's like, no. And Rip, Mike Evans is like, well, I'm done with this, dude. And then he just walks out. Uh, the Bucks could use him, by the way, like right now with like all these injuries <laughs> at receiver and stuff. It's like, I don't know. I, obviously, look, it is what it is. But the Buccaneers definitely are struggling with like injury attrition. Godwin's out for the year. Evans, he did come back and play in this game, which was, I was actually pretty surprised. But by the funny thing touchdown. is, after Evans, it's like Brady's um, back with the Patriots again. He's throwing to Cyril Grayson for the game-winning touchdown. Who is Cyril, Cyril Grayson? Grayson game-winner. Tyler Johnson, like Scotty Miller, whoever. You know, there's all these random dudes. And so, uh, yeah, Gronk's health is going to be, Gronk's health is going to be extremely important yeah. for the playoff run. Absolutely crazy. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Do we want to? We want to go through the Cyril Graysons of the world, or should we? Get, yeah, we should. We want to do some championship killers. Yeah, these are like because we couldn't assign DB Cooper to these guys because they actually played the whole game. <laughs> so we're uh, giving these. <laughs> this award is called Championship Killers, mm. and uh, I think we got to lead the way with the game that just occurred. Dalvin oh Cook, man. Dalvin Cook, rough. Had two points, and probably just torpedoed. There's nothing worse than going into Sunday night and you're like, oh, I'm down twelve with Dalvin. That should be all right. 
two points. He had 13 yards rushing. I know the Vikings had Sean Mannion, but like, well, that's the, th- I, I got to give Dalvin cook a break here because like, it's not his fault. It's the Packers did not respect the great Sean Mannion, <laughs> the legendary. They weren't afraid. Apparently uh, I'm like, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to do like a hot take here. Like, did you watch, you guys watch this game, right? Like, it, it oh, truly, are you going to tell me Sean Mannion's good no. as Chris Collinsworth was desperately trying to tell Jesus me for three Christ. hours as no, I watched him play? Not even remotely. What I was going to say was it didn't really look to me like any of the, the Vikings were trying. Like It was just like no one fucking cared. Dalvin Cook like was just like going through the motions. He had, he had 12 touches for 13 yards. Justin Jefferson, too, also was a championship killer. I mean, if you have Justin Jefferson, he dragged your team to the finals, and then you get here, and what did he finish with, like, seven points? He had six catches for 58 yards. Kaifetz, he caught a couple passes late in the game. I hate to tell you this. Did he really? No! <laughs> he started recording at the end. I told you I didn't want to do that. No! <laughs> he had a, so did KJ Osborne had a catch, too, dude. Uh, I hate to tell you this. Did you lose your matchup? You I told you I didn't want to start recording early. Oh, it's okay. All right. Oh, shit. That's a big deal. And now I need 22 points from Naj. Damn it. <laughs> Can we, uh, DK, speaking of players not trying, did you guys hear, were you watching the chiefs Bengals game at the end when it was just the most bizarre final series I've seen in a while, but Burrow kept QB sneaking with like a minute left and, and Romo was claiming that he wasn't, that he wasn't trying, trying to, to QB in. sneak into a touchdown. Did you hear him say that twice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did hear him say it. Romo was confused, which made me feel better because I was also I, I, yeah. I kind of felt like Romo had nothing to say and he was like, this is, this is all I got right now. No, I think that he was giving them more credit because I think Roma was thinking with his brain and the Bengals were making all their decisions like with their heart and that's to be kind is making decisions with their heart. It was the Bengals in, uh, ignored all logic. Like the only way I can explain that sequence is the Bengals ignored all logic and we're like, fuck it. We're better than you. We're going to score a touchdown. Yeah. Like remember in succession when like the first episode and Kendall's like, you know, it's not like a dick measuring contest and Logan's like, Sometimes it's a dick measuring contest, <laughs> and that was the Bengals. Like, try yeah. no, we don't. We don't want the lead unless it's a touchdown. Like, the, well, I mean, like, do you want to give the ball back to Mahomes with minute two, a minute thirty, a minute forty left, or whatever it was? I get what Taylor was doing a little bit, uh, but there were a few calls, like the, the going the second time, going for it the second time. Uh, I don't I agree with the inexplicable part was doing like fourth and, and I mean like four or five inches, yeah. And throwing it. I don't care if Jamar Chase is 266 yards. You have better odds. First of all, they threw it to T. Higgins, I think. You have better odds with Joe Mixon. Like, just also jump. Jump over the pile. It's an unguardable play. I just don't jump, know if I buy leap. that he QB sneaked twice in a row. And Romo's like, look, he's not reaching the ball out. I don't think he's really <laughs> trying on this sneak. I was like, can I, I give you I don't know. a hot take on Romo? And I, this is with the comment that I love Tony Romo as an announcer. I think a lot of the Tony Romo predictions were a combo of one, just basic football things that he explains much better and was willing to just say before the snap because like he didn't, he's just good at it. I also think a lot of the times he's made predictions were because the announcers get to like go to practices that like maybe other reporters don't get to go to. And like he gets to see sets and they tell him things. And so he just knows like a certain play they might try in a situation because they told him. The <laughs> and then he was meetings, like, mm, yeah. maybe we should stop sharing those things. Hasn't he kind of, he's cut back on on the prediction things. Like, did, yeah, they, did I, they, I, I don't think he liked that he was known for that. They, it started to get bigger than he was. That. Yeah. Well, I think that because it kind of like became, it was about him. And I think he didn't like that it was about him. He wanted to be about the players. Yeah. All right. Who anyway. else? Who else killed your championship? The Cowboys. Speaking of freaking Tony Romo. Mm. Zeke. Four points today. Ezekiel at four points. Amari Cooper saved himself like a garbage time touchdown. 
CD Lamb had single digits. Dak was that you know, I guess Dak ended up all right because Dalton Schultz is okay, but like Zeke dropping four and Dalvin Cook dropping two points in the fantasy championship round in a year where McCaffrey, Derrick Henry are hurt, Saquon was awful, Kamara missed a month, Kamara was solid today. Like it is brutal to have one of the two or three running backs that actually survived the first round. And literally, I mean, are they inside the top 40 at the position today? Probably not. And you know what? I'll say the Sharks have been circling this offense for a few weeks now. We've been kind of talking about it. If you check the box score, you might not really see it. But when actually, when you watch the Cowboys the last three weeks, they I've just said this. They've been more of a defensive team than they have an offensive team. Way more. And, well, and against Washington last week, they went off. But like generally speaking, over the last like couple months... It hasn't really been there. It's, like yeah. Zeke's gotten like, you know, cheap one yard punch ins and CeeDee Lamb's had a lot of letdown games. Amari Cooper's had it's been like mainly just Dalton Schultz and Dak, but in general, the Cowboys haven't been as dominant as they kind of seem to be. All right, let's let's play a game. Players running backs who had more fantasy points than Dalvin Cook and Zeke today. Okay, well that's in two Wendell Smallwood. <laughs> God damn it. Ryquel Armstead. Of course. Who's almost out of the league. Brandon Bolden. Austin Walter, who we had to Google five weeks ago for the Jets. And then I'll give you guys, like, I will Venmo you guys a dollar if you can tell me who this guy plays for now. Jalen Samuels. Do you even know what team Jalen Samuels is on now? Is it Tennessee? Nope. Damn it. I know he's on the Steelers. I am looking at the thing, so I saw, but I had no idea. I thought he was on the Steelers, but that's Wait, give me one more guess. Jalen Samuels is on Texans now. Texans. He's on Houston. He had more points than Dalvin Cook and Zeke. Jesus. She, oh, also, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon outscored them Bell. both <laughs> combined. <laughs> what year is this? Oh my! God. Anyway, that's that's my take. Oh, and also, of course, who else scored them combined is Mike Davis. Mike Davis had twelve point seven, dude. He had a gri- oh pretty god. good week relative. Oh god, the candle yeah, I CD, flickers. I had CD in one, in my championship, the one that I'm losing, and that's a, a big bummer. Actually, I think I had Zeke and CD, so that is the reason I lost. Um, also, one more person who killed my championship uh, in this league was Jalen Hurts for the Eagles. Uh, Number one, love that they're going to the playoffs. Love the story. I think Jalen Hurts has done really well this year overall, Um, but it was pretty disappointing to see him have 12.9 points this week. Didn't score a touchdown. Uh, Some some quarterbacks doing this name game that we just did. Some quarterbacks that scored more more than him this week. God, it, it like hurts me to say like I would have been better off starting these guys in a fantasy championship. Tim Boyle scored more points than Jalen Hurts. Did he really? Drew Locke scored more points than Jalen Hurts. Zach Wilson. Sean Mannion. Hold on. I actually didn't check since the last since the game ended. Did Sean no Mannion way. outscore Jalen Hurts? Because if I no if he way. did, I'm gonna be insanely depressed. Uh let's see here. Jalen Hurts. Oh. No, they scored exactly the same. <laughs> oh my God, Jalen Hurts at the same as Sean Mannion. Jesus, that's oh, tough. Okay, Sean Mannion scored the exact same amount of points as Jalen Hurts in Championship Weekend, and that just hurts my soul a little bit. Overall, great season though. Can't really get that mad at him. All right, well, let's get a better taste in our mouths here. The Robert Woods Memorial Award for cool names matter. I'm on Raw, baby. I'm on Raw. St. Brown, the Sun God. Up in Detroit, he has scored now five touchdowns in the last five games. Uh, he had 35 points in PPR, eight catches, 111 yards, touchdown. He added 23 yards and a score on the ground. It was a sweet little uh, draw play. So they've been using him kind of like Debo Samuel um, in some ways, like motioning him into the backfield, things like that, uh, screens, 
end around sweeps, things like that. So he, he, they're utilizing his uh, athleticism. Um, his targets, Amon Ross St. Brown in the last five games, 11, 11, 11, 12, 12. Touches in the last five games, 10, 11, 9, 8, 11. And obviously he's finished really high. Wide receiver, wide receiver 2, 6, 6, 27, and 6. Like he's just been one of the most dominant receivers in fantasy over the last five weeks. He's Amon Ross St. Brown's probably one of the best waiver pickups of all time. I mean, yeah, you were talking about the last like a, five quote, weeks. League winner, you know? One of the last five weeks, he's basically in the top three for fantasy points with Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams. He's actually ahead of Devontae, Jesus. which doesn't really count because the Packers, I think Devontae missed the game with COVID. But literally, it's like you picked up Devontae Adams off of waivers if you got Amon St. Brown. The consistency, the high level, it is insane. Yep. And I think a lot of people won money this year because of Amon St. Brown. And honestly... You should do the thing where you donate to his fantasy championship. If you go, if I'm a huge fan, we can tweet out the link after. If you won your league or made any money, I am a huge advocate of like donating to the charities of the players that you know have publicly charities that they support, and you can donate in their name. Amara St. Brown is like as much as anyone. I mean, he care like it's like you picked up Devontae off waivers. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's the cheapest, most random waiver wire pickup I can ever remember. A rookie wide yes. receiver on the Lions getting catching passes from Jared Goff and Tim Boyle. This is Tim like, Boyle. like like <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite becoming a big movie, which was like a college film, and then it like exploded. Yeah. Like it's completely out of nowhere. It's true. And it's it's not like a running back where it's like, oh, James Conner replaced Le'Veon Bell or like, you know, all these like Steve Slayton or Alfred Morris. Oh, a running back got a role. It's like you said, Craig, it's a rookie receiver on one of the worst teams in the entire That's crazy. And now he's like, I don't know, the third best rookie wide receiver going into next year. Speaking of which, is he good or what, DK? Yeah, I think he is good. Um, How good? Somebody brought this up in, in the chat, in the green room chat, actually. He was a former five-star guy. Like, he was really highly recruited. Um, he didn't have, like, the most insane college but of course like part of his college career was like weird weird because of covid um he didn't test like incredibly well in terms of like the combine so he fell it was like pretty surprising that he fell to the fourth round Solak but, compared him to edelman oh that's an interesting comp yeah i was trying to think of like who he reminds me of because he's not like a big big guy but he's super versatile very athletic obviously and i don't know he he like we were talking about uh you know with like moxie and you know, versatility with like the guys on the, the Bengals earlier. Like this guy just, he's like, it's just a baller. I don't know like how, how else to explain it really, because he doesn't have, I don't think he stands out physically in any one Some area. people just know how to play football. They said that about Alvin Kamara. And I was just like, it's just, there's just kind of like subtle movements. You kind of know where to go. Yeah. You understand how to turn. Like it's shit like that. That doesn't test. Mm-hmm. And uh, exactly. I think he's got it. Yeah. So I think, to answer your question, Heifetz, I think he is really good. I don't know. Like, obviously, going forward, it's going to be interesting because, you know, the Lions have had a lot of injuries. Um, DeAndre Swift has been out for the last month or so, so that's, like, been a, a reason that he's been so heavily involved. He did start the season. So part of the reason he didn't do anything until the last five weeks is, like, the Lions had him basically only playing in the slot when he started the season. And then they started working him in on the outside Um you know, where he could run routes and he was basically playing every down after playing like 60% of snaps early in, earlier on in the season. Um, so this is one of those, you know, we talked about this midway through the season where some rookies just have like a really, really good second half. He reminds me a little bit of Brandon Ayuk last year. If you remember, Brandon Ayuk came on really strong down the stretch. I think he was like a, he was wide receiver one over the last like eight games. Um, and obviously he hasn't Ayuk hasn't like lived up to 
I guess the momentum that he had over the second half of last season, there was a man, many variables involved in that. I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to be careful about being being too excited about Almond Ross St. Brown next year because the Lions, you know, there could be they could pick up uh, another big name player in free agency and another receiver, another big name player in the draft, perhaps. Um, and that could kind of like dilute St. Brown's target rate and all that stuff. But I do think he's going to be really good going forward. I don't think this is a fluke completely. Um, but I think we have to be a little bit careful about like overdoing it, you know, and, and kind of like how we did it with uh, Brandon Ayuk this year. But Brandon Ayuk also had, you know, Kittle and Debo to like contend with where they don't really have that one in the Lions. So it's going to be very interesting. I want to keep riding with this fluke idea here, and I want to go on to our next award, which is called the Who Are These People Award. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of SpongeBob when Patrick thinks that he knows his parents, and then he finds out they're not his parents, and he goes, Who are you people? <laughs> but I looked at the top 12. Joe Burrow would get that. I looked at the top 12 of running backs and wide receivers today. The top 12 scores. Here are some of the people on the running back side. Top 12 on the day. Rashad Penny, Daryl Williams, Boston Scott. That's the top three. Uh, amongst this crew, Jared Patterson, Deontay Foreman, Sony Michelle, Devin Singletary, Ramondre Stevenson. Then I popped over to wide receiver and looked at the top 12 receivers on the day. Obviously, you have Jamar Chase, number one. But here are the rest. Amon Ross St. Brown, Braxton Berrios, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, a man named Christian Wilkinson, Wilkerson, <laughs> excuse me, Cyril Grayson, Darnell Mooney, and Zay Jones. All of those men are in the top 12 on the day. Yeah, folks. Does it does it annoy you guys? Actually, I was gonna ask you about this. Like, does it annoy you that so many randos can have such a outsized impact on like the entirety of a season? Like, we're depending on like a few random ass waiver wires to win this long marathon of a slog of a season where we're like putting in all these all this effort all all season long to research, do all this stuff, and then it comes down to like fucking Cyril Grayson and Christian Wilkerson. You know what I mean? Like, does that annoy I you? Know. Or do you like appreciate that that's a part of fantasy? I love it when it helps me win, and I hate it when it helps me lose. <laughs> right? Like, sure. What other answer is there? Jarrett Patterson want winning people like like the fact that someone picked up Jarrett Patterson on Thursday because like it's you know, so Antonio Gibson went on COVID. This is a dumb game. Is, was that not clear? My only solution is that maybe fantasy championships should just be week one. What do you think? Do you think it would water fantasy down and like make it suck if it like? We just basically played like best ball where like the most points over a season wins. No, that no, that's stupid because that's a fantasy baseball thing and it's not fun. So I, you wouldn't I can, want to I, do I that. can tell you that right now. It's not fun because like, like well, I guess best ball, you're saying most like total points or yeah. like just every week you just get your most points. From optimal lineup. Either either way. Well, I think optimal lineup is one way of doing it. And that's like a whole different discussion. What I'm talking about like but that doesn't eliminate the, if, the question. Do you of, think, like, think that Christian do you think Wilkerson's? that it would be more fun to do a fantasy league where the person that scores the most points over 17 weeks is the champion. I can tell you 100% no in my, yeah. in my experience. Probably just I don't like find that more fun. Anticlimactic. You know? The head-to-head aspect of fantasy is probably what makes it the most fun, right? Is like talking shit to your friend when you're yeah. playing it's them the in week 14. It's the essence of sports itself in this country. Like the difference between all of our sports in the Premier League is like we don't have that. There's no table. It's like there's nothing less fun than like, oh, they're in front. And I have no chance. Like the whole point of the playoffs is it's like, oh, you, you just make the playoffs and you can beat anyone you want. I think, Fantasy baseball does this. It's called like, it, it's like roto scoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not nearly as fun as head to head. It's not even close. I think I totally agree with that with you guys on that. My, uh, my other question I really wanted to ask you is after experiencing, you know, obviously this is the first season in the NFL where there's 18 weeks, there's 17 games for the first time ever. After experiencing 
changing the playoffs, like the new standard is 15, six, weeks 15, 16, and 17 are the new fantasy playoffs. Before, it used to be starting in week 14, well, 15, and 16. Fl- because the NFL, when they moved to the 18-game bi- season, they have buys now stretching week to week 14. 14. That's the real problem. Yeah. I guess my question is, what's your what's your impression of this? Do you have the inkling that you want to go back to the old way? Because I actually still have a few leagues that started in week 14. Um, it Even was weird. Yeah, it buys was weird. Playoffs? It was a bit weird to have that, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I, part of me is like, I kind of want to go back to the old way next year. Like, skip the week 17. Maybe that's just because it's it, there was so much chaos from COVID this year that it made it seem like I don't know. The playoffs were just a fucking crapshoot. Like, there's just so many guys on COVID list. Like, these cha- like quote championship rosters were just like what like half people that you picked up on the waiver wire just like in the last three weeks. Or <laughs> I would say that this you year know? more than others, it like looking at this list, it does feel this year more than others that the waiver wire really it just it's an argument for zero running back. Like because it is incredible to look at the top twelve running backs for the fantasy championship week, and seven of these top twelve guys were picked up on waivers this season. Elijah Mitchell a long time ago and like the other six from like the last two months. It's an argument against just like drafting in general. Like drafts just don't fucking matter. Just be quick <laughs> on the waiver wire. Well, we're going to be shameless plug. We did plug like all of these guys at certain points. To, yeah. And yeah. for as wrong as I was about Mike Davis, I want to shout out everyone who had the faith in me to add to keep Sony Michelle on their bench for a long time because he is the number three running back over the last month. Yeah, you were on that. I will say congrats on that. That was, that was smart. But yeah, I mean, it, like our Monday waiver show is probably the most important thing we do every week because if you listen to that, you're a step ahead of the game because you're picking up these Jared Pattersons and freaking Daryl Williams. I do, th- I, I do think that, like, I do think that this season more than any other in recent memory has proved to me that like waivers can win you, like waivers can fill out your team way more than you think. Yeah. Um, All right. I don't know. At, at, at the end of the day, I'm probably not switching back to the week 14, 15, 16 playoff format because of the because of the buys. But like, I kind of feel like it. I don't know. I just kind of feel like. Wait, it's, so you're basically saying you'd rather have a buy during the first round of the playoffs in exchange for a two week championship to go 16, 17 combined? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, uh, that's one way of doing it. Basically, what I'm saying is the reason that you know in the last 20 years or whatever it is that people don't have a week 17. Don't include week seventeen on the playoff schedule. Players would, would players, sit. Number one, players their teams are like set in stone, like their playoff position. So they're they're starting backups, and like you don't want to win a championship on like the backup for your stud or whatever. like I, like that's part of the reason um, is players are getting sat. But also, I think a part of it too is just like by the end of the seven, like week seventeen, like teams are so banged up and like the injury attrition is so crazy. Deke, I have bad news for you. Okay. The top player last week, which was your championship, was Justin Jackson. <laughs> I know. And then number three was Rex Burkhead. And then also in the top 10 were Rashad Penny and Sony Michelle. So I don't really think this fixes your right. problem. I think, it is, I think it's probably me just being myopic about the fact that like COVID completely came in and blew up the fantasy playoffs and made it like chaotic. So the real question is, do the championships this week have an asterisk? No, because it's, That's the real no, question. because it's whatever. This is, we've now, we're now in starting junior year of COVID. So like, it's just part oh of it. Jesus, God, don't DK. Say <laughs> don't say that, you motherfucker. <laughs> Dude. God, we have to decide our major. Our <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, wow. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. I was just like <laughs> reflecting on that today and thinking like, man, do, the, do these fantasy championships just feel weird or is this like 
DK, no one's listening to you anymore about this. Everyone's ha- clasping their hands over their head and thinking about what How you just said. We're about the COVID upperclassmen now. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> yeah. is over what you're talking about. I cannot. I personally I'm, cannot I'm, I'm starting on, on COVID varsity this year for the first time. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know how to move on. Um, I, I, Can we all get uh, Letterman? I'll we should have you know, the government should subsidize <laughs> Letterman jackets just for the country. <laughs> COVID Letterman. Oh man, <laughs> smoking jacket with like vaping jackets. <laughs> Bring them back. You know, like the Five Timers Club, and on SNL, we should get that for yeah. COVID. That's that's actually an idea. We should think about that. <laughs> Let's discuss that later. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai. 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Uh, can I rant about the Giants for a second, just in the form of, like, the Bears defense? The number one defense this week was the Bears, which we did plug. And I actually think this is quietly a league winner, too, because the Bears were, like, I think the most available defense to stream in a championship I can ever remember. I mean, they were available in like 87% of leagues on ESPN and like almost as many in Yahoo. The Giants are the worst team in the NFL by a lot. Like it's not particularly close. They literally turned the ball over seconds into the game, <laughs> gave up a touchdown and then turned it over again and gave up another touchdown. They were literally down 14 points in like two minutes. Can we, can we just skip right to the bird book section? Because I have, I, my, submission for the burn book is just the entire Giants offense. Like we we put Saquon in last the week. The organization? What's well, funny though, Saquon actually had a good week. <laughs> I know. Saquon was fine after we burned him last week. He didn't have, well, he had a good week, but like was he even really straight? He had 100 yards. He had no yeah, catches. Yeah, he had like 10 points, but you know. The Giants had four completions. They had 24 passing yards. They lost 34 yards on sacks. They had negative 10 yards passing, which is like impossible. And then <laughs> I, I'm going to interrupt you to ask a really important question. Do you think I could accrue more passing yards than Mike Glennon did today for the Giants. <laughs> 24? No, no, sorry. I, total. So he got negative 10. He netted negative 10 yards on dropbacks. Do you, With the sacks? Do you think I could do no, better? No, you would get sacked a lot. What if I just got the ball no, out quick? You, well, no, you actually, you know what? I tell you, you could. If you didn't pass the ball at all, you'd have more <laughs> passing yards than Mike Glennon. Net just, yards. Just run it. Craig, run it. They, the, the Giants this week had one completion past the line of scrimmage. I could do that. <laughs> I could do that. You could do that. Uh, he had two. I don't think he could, uh, but it's sad. Glennon had two that. interceptions and then also Jesus one God. completion past line of scrimmage. Neg- like Kaivet said, negative 10 net passing yards. Uh, I just want to talk about the Giants in general, though. Like, not in a, like, obviously, we have known for a while now, like the last month or so, that it don't start receivers on the Giants because this offense sucks so much. Um, but I just I, I want to, like, I've become sort of like morbidly fascinated with the Giants. I, sorry, Heifetz, I know like it it <laughs> probably hurts you a little bit to like hear it's that. Like a train like, wreck. They are so bad at scoring <laughs> touchdowns. The fact, like, to me, it's just like, look, 
football is about scoring touchdowns. Like that's the basic premise, <laughs> right? The goal. Like you got you want to score touchdowns. Like the Giants should put that. They should paint that in their locker room as a sign. They all slap before they want to score touchdowns. Is, you know, <laughs> like that's like the main premise for football. Giants and need Ted they Lasso. Suck Get him in there. So bad at scoring touchdowns. I just looked this up. They had four touchdowns this month. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, it's January, December. And like literally in December, they had four touchdowns. They have 23 touchdowns this year, which is the fewest in the it's NFL. so bad. They have the fewest touchdowns in the NFL in the last two years combined, 50. Uh, the next closest team are the Jets, who have scored 61 in those wow. two years. The Jets have scored 11 more than the, <laughs> than the Giants in the last two years. 20% more touchdowns. And mind you, I would like to remind you, this team, over the last like three or four years, has invested top 10 picks, three top 10 picks, one in their left tackle, one in their running back, and one in their quarterback. They've also invested first-round picks in a tight end and a receiver, and they have 50 touchdowns in two seasons. No, no, no. You're forgetting the second-rounder on Sterling Shepard and the $18 million a year for Kenny Galladay. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't even mention Galladay, who was also like forgetting big ticket the, free agent. You're forgetting the $16 million a year to Nate Solder, who was... Literally would get benched to the other time. <laughs> Wasn't Will Hernandez like a second? He was a second or? rounder. Billy Price, the center they traded for, is a first rounder. It is probably, a, it's basically a collection of the worst p- picks in the NFL. I will, I'll just say this about the Giants. There are a thousand things I can say. My morbid curiosity, not, not only that, but just to my question, my serious, honest to God, like not trying to be facetious, my serious question is what Joe Judge, after this game, said, we're making like internal progress. Like there are things you can't see that we're working, they're getting good. My real question is, how has this team been outscored 76 to zero in the final two minutes of the first half this year? 76 to zero in the final two minutes of the first half. To give you the context, I'm not great at math. 16 games. Sorry, they played 15 games so far. Or no, 16? 16. I can't do math. Yeah. 16. 16. That's 32 minutes. In the final two minutes, first half, the Giants have been outscored seventy-six to zero in thirty-two minutes. Can you imagine an NFL team being down seventy-six to zero in a half? It's it's infeasible. It's impossible. (laughs) Think about how bad and inconsistent. Think about how consistently the Giants do not have the football in the final two minutes for that to even be possible. Number one, and then two, how awful they must be to always giving up points in the final two minutes and never scoring any on their own. It defies logic, probability. What? How are they retaining? I don't know. <laughs> like, am, I, am I being I too just, big of a deal of this? It's statistically improbable. Do you, are you, do you like it at this point? You're starting to have fun? I feel like you enjoy these rants. Would you rather be eight and eight or would you rather be this? I would say I'd rather be this because the team is so far from being good. I actually truly believe they need to bottom out like this season because they're sure. the worst team in yeah. football. And they need to bottom out because the fans need to stop going. Like the fans need to, and that's when the Mara family will They should they bring in Adam Gase. The, the problem, well, I could go on for this forever, but the point is that they should bring in Adam Gase just to clean out. Uh, you know? they, they need to bottom out. They need, a, they need, a, they need an enema, like oh, an organizational God. enema. Uh, I would like to point out that when I make bad calls on this podcast, like, you know, just throw out the Rondell Moore one because that one sticks in my craw the most. Um, what you guys don't see is a lot of internal uh, improvement on my part. Like, uh, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that you don't see. Uh, that you know, I'm getting much better. Get creating some momentum for me personally. Uh, I just want you guys to know that. 
That's me. And I, you know, I just want to say like, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of external criticism about me plugging Mike Davis <laughs> in the off season. I just want to say those people tend to forget that Mike Davis had twice as many points as Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott combined this week. Um, all right. Can I get into the uh, not mad, just disappointed award? This guy, this, this player might shock you that I picked them. Cooper Cup. <laughs> Come on, dude. 95 yards to the touchdown. 18 points. That's it. <laughs> I, I, we're all gluttons. We're gluttons now. We're all Gus's gloop with Cooper Cup. 95 yards was the third lowest total of the year for him. So you could be better, dude. That's a I'm great sure, stat. Wow. I guarantee you people are disappointed with his 18. People who have him. In the championship. So what did he finish among receivers? Obviously, mon- pe- Monday Monday night has not happened yet. He is one, two, three, four, five, six. That's pretty good. Yeah, six. <laughs> I'd receive like, six. But it was at eight, it was 18 points, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Didn't I'm not really mad. like win you your week. Didn't no. lose it for you. 18 is honestly like baseline, I think, for Cooper Cup now. Like, if he gets anything less than 20, I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out if you're like tongue in cheek or if you're dead serious. Like, kind of both. I wonder mad if Cooper I text Cup. my buddy, Chase, I think, who has him in his in the fantasy championship, I bet you he was a little disappointed today. Needed him to go off. Yeah. I saw this from Mike Clay. Uh, Cooper Cup had 13 top 10 fantasy weeks this year. The next closest was uh, Debo and Devontae with seven. Uh, okay, last award here. Uh, this is my award. I call it the Do Your Own Research Award. Very <laughs> apropos of the moment. Uh, this is about, it's kind of about Dan Campbell and also DeAndre Swift. So DeAndre Swift uh, was making his return today from a multi-week injury. And I imagine a lot of people plugged him into their lineup. People in the playoffs playing for third or first or trying to avoid the toilet bowl, whatever it may be. Because DeAndre Swift's been really good. This was a quote from Dan Campbell, the head coach himself, on Thursday this week. Uh, when he was asked why they were bringing back DeAndre Swift, he responded, we feel like we're in a place where let's go, cut him loose and let him continue to grow and get better. And he went on to say, the way we go into next year, he's that much better for it. And I was like, great, DeAndre Swift. This will be awesome. They're just going to let him loose, let him progress as a young player. Four carries. <laughs> <laughs> good good segue. And not only that, like two catches. You could be like, well, they got killed. Well, he had two catches too. So my, my recommendation to you folks <laughs> at home, do your own research. Don't listen to this. Don't listen, Don't listen to, to Dan Campbell. Let's cut him loose. <laughs> they did kind of cut him loose if you think about it. Uh, That's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah. Don't listen to that. Ever again. Should we burn Dan Campbell? <laughs> nah, no, he's that. Nah, I like Dan Campbell. I like Dan Campbell. Wait, yeah. are we burning the Giants or are we burning Antonio Brown? Or are we burning first round picks? I mean... I'm down to burn the Giants. I, would I think the Giants, Giants need to be on record as in the burn book. Yeah, It's funny that the, we I'm burned Saquon and then just the Giants the week after. I mean, well, let's be honest. Like this burned. is like we're burning it. There's this. The season's over. Like It doesn't make any difference now. But I just want it to be on the record. No, this now, is like when we burned Raheem Mostert in week one, which was really harsh, by the way, and because <laughs> he was out for the season. And then we we're like, you know what? Let's just skip. Let's just burn Kyle Shanahan. Let's just go to the source here. Let's just kill the the root. Looking like, we back at our burn one, book, we should just burn the Giants first. When I see week two, we burned Marquez Callaway. I can't even believe he was in our collective consciousness enough to burn him. Like looking back, I'm like, he's he had so like a random. huge preseason though. That was the I know thing. he you know was like was the Cooper Cup of 
segments this year was the burn book. Like Cooper Cup, the burn book was just absolutely crushing at 13. Just of these red hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 13. To, to, to recap, had we 13 burned top week 10 one. weeks. Yeah. We burned Raheem Mostert because we were mad that we were like, well, it'd be good if he got hurt and got hurt in like the second touch of, his, of the season. Marcus Calloway in week two. Week three, we burned Kyle Shanahan for the collective benching of Ayuk and the healthy scratching of um, uh, Trey Sermon. Although now I say healthy scratching, that sounds weird. He health, Trey Sermon was healthy scratching. <laughs> A healthy dose of scratching. Week, um, <laughs> week four, we gave up on Mike Davis, RIP. Week five, we burned <laughs> Allen Robinson. Yep. Yep. Week six, we burned Miles Gaskin. We later unburned him Khaleesi style. Week seven was Robbie Anderson, RIP. Week eight was Odell Beckham. Two days later, it was like free Odell. Week eight, week nine, we burned Julio and then he went on IR. Week 10, we burned Jarvis Landry. Week 11, we burned Russell Wilson. Week 12, we burned Cortland Sutton. Patrick Mahomes in week 13. Urban Meyer in week 14, before he got fired. Week 15, we burned Claypool and Jerry Judy. And then week 16 was Saquon, and now we burned the Giants. And the Odell Beckham burn book was annulled because he got traded. So that annulled yes. Yeah. He didn't get traded. He got Null and void. Yeah. Can I, can I throw a half-baked idea by you guys? This is, the, this is really stupid. So hi, if it's before you're like, no, they could never do that. Just entertain it. <laughs> Okay, Rashad so you, Penny for Saquon. Who <laughs> says no? You know how the the final week of the NFL season is just kind of this weird no man's land where half the games are literally useless. I guess the people are playing for draft picks, but it's like two teams who have nothing to play for are playing, and nobody really knows what to do. Here's my idea: Why don't we gamify, game showify these games? I love when we talk about how if I could throw for like ten yards in a football game. Let's start doing that. Let's integrate that. We should have it where it's like Lions Jags week 18 now. Like some guy who paid 10 grand gets to come in and see if he can throw for 15 yards in a game. What are your thoughts? <laughs> My brain went to a different place. Now okay. I'm thinking like who is the worst quarterback in America that could like throw an NFL touchdown pass in a game? Or like, like, or complete can, a pass. Like, like a points don't pass. count unless it's fifty yards. You know, unless it's a fifty-yard touchdown. Like, I just, let's just start you having know, fun with it. Craig, you know what I immediately first thought of when you brought this up is, do you remember this became famous? It was like the guy who was like, it was a competition at a basketball game, halftime basketball game, like or football game. I think it was like, see, how many balls can you make into the Dr Pepper hole or what? I don't know. And what they it do was. the chest pass, like and he was doing it, like, you know, like totally like just chess passes or whatever is like, he's not even throwing it like a football, but he was fucking dominating. I'm just thinking like, bring, bring that guy in. Like, and he's just going to do like, chess passes yeah, to, like, the, to the running back immediately. Get rid of it. And like, you know, pick yeah, up the yards guy, after the catch. People throw out first pitches. Like how about instead of a first pitch, you get to come in and throw a fade to LaVisca Chenault. <laughs> Here's the thing. I love this idea. They're never going to let it happen because of the insurance. These people are going to get killed, Craig. Well, you, that's what the waiver's for. You think that they're liable for their health? It's football. It's like you know not another team the movie when the, the not kid being liable gets for people's like, health? cut in half. Like his body is literally in half. Um, I just want to like, I really want to get screwy in week 18. I mean, I you love know? this idea. I think there's something here, Craig. I think that the real answer is we should auction off these things for charity. It should be a, uh, what, like Omaze? Like Omaze, oh, you can play for the Jaguars this week. Yeah. Somebody I mean, if you can pay it. to go to space, why can't you pay to get into an NFL game? Boom! We already sent Michael Stray into space. <laughs> Jeff Bezos can certainly buy his way into the Jaguars. That's I, there is something we can do. I don't know what it is, but there's something we can do. Like quarterbacks have to play wide receiver this game. I don't know. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have an idea for a better version of Week 18. 
Only for the, the teams Bowl. not in contention. Yeah. Make what what do you do with these teams? There's, there's, a, there's an opportunity to make money here, NFL. Okay. A lot, a lot of branding <laughs> opportunities here. I think that's all we got. That is week 17. That was the fantasy season. Like, congratulations, everyone. What right. if we make the refs play? <laughs> Hockey. Give me Hockey all day. Oh, he doesn't do leg day. We all know. Or like, or like the day. coaches have to swap. You know? Coach I don't know. swap and make it a show. <laughs> yeah. <Swingers. laughs> and yeah, we do coach swap and you record the whole week and it's like wife swap and they're like, all right, what's your name? <laughs> like, well, that's not really how we do it here, you know? Like, whatever. Dan um, Campbell goes to Pittsburgh and just has to figure it out for a week. You guys keep the peanut butter in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Did you know you don't have to refrigerate eggs? Uh, something there. Anyway, we'll be back on Thursday. By the way, uh, we're thinking about doing a mailbag on Thursday. So if you yeah, have any questions Yeah, email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com for a mailbag. Uh, please send us all your stories, bad beats, whatever, from championship week. Fantasy courts. The season. Fantasy courts. I'm sure there's some championship fantasy courts. Send us ideas for week 18. Anything mailbag. We're going to be going through everything. And... Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We hope we helped you guys win. And yeah, so, sincerely, um, sincerely yeah. hope that uh, you guys did well this year, at least in part to us, if not enjoyed our stupid bullshit in between yeah. the advice. Um, and then I'm we're going to get a lot one of the two. You're going to get a lot of that, by the way. Now that the NFL or now that the fantasy season's over, things are going to get weird. I genuinely think our podcast is better in the off season. <laughs> I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I think yeah, it's because that's when we start playing drinking games. Yeah, we just start <laughs> we, we do whatever we want. It's crazy. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Mike Wargon, for producing this episode. Thank you. Seriously, thank you to everyone for who've been listening through us throughout this offseason, uh, this whole season itself. And I actually think it paid off. Like, I actually think a lot of these people just hopefully won you championships. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Vitamin C. You guys maybe don't have this in your generation. The graduation song? Come on. I briefly for a moment thought you were talking about actual vitamin C. And I was like, are you sick? <laughs> well. He's just debatable medicine. Uh, Graduation, uh, friends forever, in parentheses, Craig. Where do you guys think Antonio Brown is right now? (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Wait, DK, is that the song that goes... (laughs) Wait, don't tell me. Is that the song that goes, As we go (laughs) on, we remember... Look, oh, in that, honor, that look it's in honor song? of a good the season's over. We're going into junior year of COVID. <laughs> All you know. the good time. <laughs> get junior year of COVID out of here. I hate it's too real. I just can't wait to get my letterman jacket. <laughs> Should we make letterman jackets? I'm going varsity this year, you guys. Should we make letterman I'm jackets? I'm going varsity this year. They're moving me up. Yeah. Bill, if you're listening, we we would like to expense varsity jackets. <laughs> letterman. <laughs> 